But we were tasked with lighting the joy candle this morning. Um, And so when I was thinking about this passage that I will read and joy, uh, my mind kept going back to the shepherds. Um, And they were the first people outside of Mary and Joseph to experience the end of the centuries-long darkness of waiting for the Savior to finally come onto the scene. And in the middle of this dark night, light and glory burst forth, and they received the good news of great joy that today a Savior had been born. It was in that great joy that they went and saw what had been told to them, and as they returned, they told everyone about this child. And today, though we feel like we are dwelling in darkness, the message of the angels remains the same. Today, a Savior has come who lived among us, died, and rose victorious to save us from our sin and the darkness that surrounds us, so that we might have a restored relationship with our Heavenly Father. And may the joy of that good news, who in our ears today and every day, and may we share that good news as we go, just as the shepherds did. So the passage I'll read comes from Isaiah chapter 9, it'll be verse 2, and then we'll skip to 6 and 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of joy. We thank you that the source of our joy does not rest on traditions or presents or just our warm, fuzzy feelings. Our joy rests in the redeeming work of your Son, Jesus. In this Advent season, we both look back at Jesus' first coming, and we look forward to the day he comes again in glory. I pray that we can find joy in both of those views. We find a Savior who now takes away the sin of those who put their faith in him, and we see in the future a Savior who makes all things new. Give us a heart filled with joy by these things, and give us eyes to see those around us who need this real joy. We pray all these things in your Son, Jesus' name. Amen. It is an interesting thing to preach about Christmas. I mean, for those of you who aren't pastors, you don't understand what is the delight and difficulty both. The delight is, it's wonderful, the message in and of itself. The difficulty is how to say it again, how to reemphasize this out of sight message concerning the coming of Christ. You may have experienced in the past delayed promises, right? Where someone has made a promise to you, or perhaps you've made a promise to someone else, and the promise has been significantly delayed. I mean, my wife could tell you about a lot of those delayed promises that I've made and haven't gotten around to. 
your spouse could probably say the same thing, and some of your friends and your children might say the same thing. But imagine a promise that laid fallow, let's say, for 700 years. That's the promise we read in Isaiah this morning. The promise of a child. The promise, as the New Testament sees it, of Messiah. The coming of Messiah, that promise stayed there for 700 years. But when it finally came, I'd like to note what I consider to be four characteristics of that long-awaited promise. The first characteristic I notice is that it was gigantic, but yet uneventful. There was no lead-up to the announcement. I don't know if you follow the birth of a king in England or somewhere else, a potential king, a future king. It's not just the announcement that's huge, it's the lead up to the announcement. It's the announcement about the announcement. On this occasion, there was no fanfare leading up to the announcement. As a matter of fact, it was a, it was a rather ordinary day for the shepherds and out of nowhere, this announcement which was gigantic and unexpected and uneventful dawned on them. An angel showed up out of nowhere in the middle of the night and announced the coming of Christ and also a heavenly host behind that angel, we assume, sang praises concerning the coming of Christ. But did, did anyone notice Besides the shepherds? They were on a hillside. I don't suppose it was the middle of the city. It was some place in an obscure location. Could it have been that only the shepherds heard and saw? Could it have been further that only the shepherds heard and saw because God allowed them to. It was gigantic, but it was relatively uneventful. And even though the shepherds went and told people about what had happened, it didn't go as we might say today. It didn't go viral. It didn't spread across the Roman Empire. It didn't spread immediately across all of Israel. In spite, in fact, of epic events like the coming of the wise men, it was relatively uneventful. When it finally came, it was not only relatively uneventful, even gigantic, but uneventful. It was well-planned, but unexpected. The details concerning Christ had been predicted by the prophets for years in advance. As a matter of fact, as we look back at the Old Testament, we see a prediction concerning Jesus Christ in the book of Genesis. There were the highlights throughout the prophetic revelation about the coming of Christ. It was well planned. It was laid out. Those who should have known 
seem to overlook it. As a matter of fact, according to John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14, one of the passages read this morning, this entire thing should have been understood. Why? Because God was in Christ revealing himself. It was the word made flesh, the same word that had existed before all time with the Father and was the creator of all things, finally comes into the world and the world doesn't even recognize him. Well-planned, but thoroughly unexpected. You know one of the reasons it was unexpected? Because it came to the wrong people. It came to people who did not have a stellar reputation. Shepherds. It came to people who did not have a reputation for reputability. The shepherds. It did not come to a king or to a priest or to a prince, or to a prophet. It came to shepherds on a field. No wonder it seems so unexpected and so ordinary. But remember, as one author put it, God dances among the ordinary. God routinely shows himself among the ordinary. I will put it differently. God is almost always revealed in the ordinary. So even though unexpected, because it seems so ordinary, the ordinary exploded in human history. It was gigantic, but rather uneventful. It was well-planned, but unexpected. Third, I don't mean to sound sacrilegious, but it was was really insignificant, but yet revolutionary. I wonder, what happened to the shepherds? Do you? If you find out, let me know. It's nowhere in the Bible. Did they wander off and kind of forget it? After they told a few people? I wonder what happened to the shepherds. Did they see Jesus grow up? Did they ever witness his miracles? Did they make it all the way to the end of his death, burial, and resurrection? I think it's unlikely. Life expectancy was short back then. When Christ was born, the shepherds had to be in their teens or 20s or Maybe some of the older shepherds, even older than that. They didn't see the end of the story, it's likely. But the end of the story is absolutely revolutionary. It started out like a seed in the ground. Interestingly enough, Jesus refers to the kingdom of God as a mustard seed, something of tiny, insignificant, unimportance planted in the ground, and it grows into a huge bush or tree. It was insignificant, but it was revolutionary. You know, it was revolutionary because this tiny little sect of Christ followers exploded on the scene of human history. Think about this. Today, all over our 
world, in every country on this planet, Christ's coming is celebrated. Uneventful, unexpected, and he changed the world. But it didn't just change the world. For those of you who are here this morning, and perhaps those of you who are watching online, it was revolutionary to you. It changed you forever. You don't view your world the the way you once did. You don't see events and timelines the way you once did. You see the hand of God when other people see nothing. You see the power of God when it looks like weakness. And you follow God humbly, expecting that he will do the work. It's been revolutionary for you as well. Even though originally it seemed rather insignificant. Fourth characteristic of this announcement this day is that it was both terrifying and full of joy. When the shepherds heard it, they did what all people did when they hear, hear an angelic host. When, a, when an angel appears, they fell down on their face. They were shaken to the core. They thought they were finished, and the shepherds were on the verge of what they believed to be death. And the angel said, don't fear. Why? Because I bring you good news, a great joy that's going to be to all people. For unto you this day is born in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Can you imagine the terror that they experienced followed by the joy that was overwhelming? From absolute terror to incredible joy. Uh, Not the first time such a thing has happened. Remember when Mary got the announcement? before Jesus was ever born, that she would have the Christ, she was telling And she wrote a song, a song, perhaps while still shaking, a song of joy. Take a look at it in Luke chapter 1. There's something about this story that's Remarkably impossible. (laughs) And that's the way it's supposed to be. I love what an author, Madeline Lingle, said about this in a piece she wrote entitled The Glorious Impossible. She said, the possible is easy to believe. The glorious impossibles are what bring joy to our hearts, hope to our lives, and songs to our lips, the glorious impossibles. And frequently, they show up in the midst of the ordinary. You know, Advent is about waiting and watching. We think of it primarily as waiting and watching for the second coming of Christ. But there's another aspect to Advent that we should not forget. 
we wait and watch for the coming of God right here, right now, in the midst of the ordinary. And when God shows up, it, and when God shows up, it might be gigantic and uneventful at the same time. Those are not a contradiction. When God shows up, it might, in retrospect, appear to have been very well planned, but still unexpected by us. So we need to be watchful. When God shows up, it might seem insignificant. But with those who have faith, what appears to be insignificant is revolutionary. When God shows up, it could leave you trembling, speechless, and also simultaneously full of joy. That's just what God does. So I pray for all of us that in this season, we will experience the joy of the Lord, that the unexpected will emerge out of the ordinary, and it will be revolutionary for all of us as we watch and wait. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, you have given us great joy in the coming of Christ, your Son, our Lord. And you've given us great hope that at the end you will restore all things. That someday, because of your coming, which was preceded by the resurrection, all things will be made new. And there'll be no more sadness or sorrow or crying or death because you will dwell among us. And the fulfillment of the promise, which was preliminary 700 years ago, will be complete with your coming. We look for that day, Lord. We long for that day. But as we wait, make us faithful and make us watchful as we wait. Because we know that today or tomorrow or the next day, you're going to show up if we have our eyes of faith. And it's likely to be when you're dancing in the midst of the ordinary So give us the eyes of faith to see, give us the courage to follow, and make us the people you want us to be. And Lord, on this day, in this season, we pray that for those of us who have heard the story a thousand times, you will open up the eyes of our hearts so that we can see again. And for those who have heard the story from afar but never stepped into the story, we pray you will open their hearts so that they can receive you and the joy that you offer and that the revolution of their life will begin because of the grace of Jesus Christ our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen.